Okay, this might not work. Let's try this. Let's try an intro. If you look online and you will find there's a new episode of Cover Me, Tuesday after Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and c- compares them against each other to determine which one's the best. Or really just which one we like most. Yeah. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my timely co-host, Alex Mildenberger. Today we're talking about Time After Time by Cindy Lauper. The second hand unwind is your This is uh, off her debut album. She's so unusual. Isn't she, though? Yeah. So this also has, uh, what is it? Girls Just Want to Have Fun on it. Yes. Her version of Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which is pretty iconic. Yeah. Um, and She Bop, which is another song of hers. That, That's right. Yeah. Now that you've said, I read it, that it was on there, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is, but then you said it out which, loud, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, She Bop, I Bop, and They Bop. Yeah, I barely <laughs> even know that song, except that they brought it up a lot on... MTV when I used to watch MTV in the okay. early to mid 2000s. Right. And yeah, and they're just like it's about masturbation and then was that is that what it's about? Supposedly. Is everybody's bopping? According to early to mid 2000s MTV VJs. I I assume they were VJs or other like reality show host people. You don't see a lot of VJs Quas- anymore. Uh, I never saw a lot of VJs, quite <laughs> honestly. Cool. Oh, it was the death of MTV when you were watching it. Yeah, it was It was really going downhill when I was watching it. Yeah. I, I didn't know that, but looking back, yeah. Do you think you can transition from being a VJ to a DJ? Uh, surely it's not that Or is there different. blood feud there? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's, Like yeah. a video killed the radio star kind of thing. Like you can't... It would be weird, because if video killed the radio star, why would you go back, like... His radio's doing okay. Yeah. But, like, video, I mean, exists, sure, but VJs, not so much. Not so much. They're a little more flash in the pan than we expected, I think. I'm pretty sure that's not still going on. Yeah, do people still do, like, music video dances? Where they, like, get the projector down and blast the... They play music videos at the gym. When I go to the gym, it's up on, like, a a song we play, and at first I didn't realize it was syncing with the song. Right. But yeah, it doesn't obviously doesn't take much to notice that. And is there a live jockey at your gym? No. Is somebody jockeying these videos? No, there's like seven songs they cycle through. Oh god. Yeah. yeah that brings back retail nightmares. At Callaway Park, we had like a 45 minute, I think, Halloween track that was just played on loop, and it was mostly Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, well, the rest of the Ghostbusters soundtrack's a bit disappointing. Yeah, it is. You have it on vinyl, don't yeah. you? I didn't. Yeah. The the title track. Is obviously a good time, but oh, obviously. the rest of it doesn't really hold up. Yeah, is there well. anything? What else is on that? I honestly don't remember. Exactly. I'll have to bust that out later. All right. So this was, yeah, her second single. Her first single that came out was uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And I have a quote about that here where she says, uh, 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 uh. yeah, so her label wanted this to be her first single, but she told them, quote, Releasing a ballad first defines you in a certain way. You become known as a balladeer, and it can kill your career. A balladier. A balladier. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting, actually. It reminds me of um, when David Bowie's second-to-last album came out Right. Um, the next day. Uh, his, the first single he released off of it uh, was... Where um, Are We Now? Where Are We Now, which is, like, a ballad, or, like, slower. Yeah. And everyone was like, is this David Bowie now? And, like, obviously... 
we know now it wasn't indicative of the rest of the album and mm-hmm. i think it's a dope song now oh but yeah at the time i was worried i was like is it gonna be all this yeah but i was like, like terrified but it definitely does set a precedent and even the music video was like absurdly simple for that piece mm. but i look back on both of those and i fucking love that song it's, it's a an good song awesome music yeah. video it just at the time it was like it's been 10 years and like this is what we get yeah it was confusing because you're like is this bowie like what what ha- it was, it, yeah, because we were expecting the sort of bombastic comeback that is actually the first track on the next. Yeah, day. exactly. And then he gives you the most like quiet and like just subdued piece on there, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, what? A- yeah, it was definitely an uh, in- interesting choice. And, yeah, and, and I can see why Cindy Lauper might not want to have that on for first album. Exactly, and the thing is, her first one comes out is girls just want to have fun. That's what everybody remembers Cindy Lauper for. Yeah, that's so the she big one. made the right call. <laughs> It's a it's a fun song, definitely. Yeah. Um. So this was 1983. It came out as a single in January of 1984. Um, this is one of the. This is my favorite like trope in songs is when you need just one more song on the album. Oh yeah. And then that one turns out to be yeah. the fucking banger. <laughs> like. That's why I was like, we needed another song. So I wrote Dancing in the Dark. Dark. Like, yeah. Oh, I wrote cool. Changes. <laughs> I wrote For What It's Worth. Yeah. Like, you know, just because. <laughs> All right, great. Just to fill space, and then it turns out to just kick ass. And this is, uh, so her producer, Rick yeah. Chertoff. They wrote it together. No, he got Rob Hyman to write it with Oh, okay. Her. So there was another producer guy. Yeah. So Seth Rob Hyman is the, I think, later goes on to form. No, actually, they were already a band. He's a founding member of the Hooters, who will know. Oh, I did not find that fact yes that makes some sense so they actually cool. do a cover this one we'll talk about a lot later yeah so he actually co-wrote the song yeah he co-wrote oh. the song and he's obviously the male backup voice on the track and the way they went about it is pretty interesting in uh i got a lopper quote her she says we started by putting together a list of song titles i thumbed through a tv guide magazine our movie t- one movie title seemed good a sci-fi film called time after time from 1979 I never meant for it to be the song's real title. It was just supposed to get me thinking. That's interesting to title the song first and like kind of work backwards almost. Yeah. Um, but it worked out. Yeah, it's a uh, very, very, a lot of like interesting just kind of like shit happening. So the one line, uh, the second hand on wines was just based on like their producer, Rick Chertoff. His watch got demagnetized and he's like, look. My second hand's unwinding. Is it going backwards? Yeah. That's cool. Uh, and they're like, oh, let's throw that in there. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know any other cool stories, but there's definitely other like time-based things in there. Yeah, and uh, so the, apparently it kind of is based on both her and Rob Hyman, like what they were going through right, personally. Right, they were both kind of in more or less rocky places in their relationships. Yeah. But it sounds like, based on the song... Both of them were still into the relationships. They didn't want to leave or anything. They yeah. just were trying to find a way to express that they to the other person and like, hey, you know, I'm here for you. Exactly. Kind of it's like it, no matter how much time passes and whatever comes to be, I'll be here. Yeah. Time after time. So it isn't. So I mean, the song, the topic of the song, really, it, to me, it seems like it's about. It's a love song, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's a ballad, and it's about like devotion and and uh, communication i guess because it really does to me seem to be a way of saying hey i'm there for you yeah i guess with that let's jump in and kind of start talking about specific lines yeah so the first line right off the bat is like based off a direct experience from cindy lopper's life 
lying in my bed, I hear the clock tick and think of you. And there's that clock again. Yeah. Which comes up a couple times. I don't know if it's a theme, but it does come up a couple but, times. I mean, in a song about time, there's a clock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The title of the song? <laughs> yeah. Time after time. Time after time. You know what clocks do? Tell time. Tell time. So yeah. she had a loft bed, so like a bed kind of like up, and she had a clock by it. And her boyfriend at the time, David Wolf, who was also her manager, manager? Yeah. Uh, apparently broke the clock when he was like climbing into bed once with her. <laughs> and so he's like, well, I'll get you a new clock. And he got her this, this new clock, this like wind up one. And it was loud as fuck. So you could hear it ticking. And she like put it in the bathroom, like in the tub and like covered with a curtain, like towel and shit and could still hear it. So that's where the line, I hear the clock tick and think of you because like she couldn't help but hear this clock tick. And it was so strongly related to this personal relationship. I like lines like that because there's obviously a big story behind them. Yeah. But like they don't tell the story. But mm-hmm. like you can put that feeling, that that story into the line maybe when you're singing it without yeah. having to tell anyone. Tell the story, yeah. It's uh, like a show Yeah, without having to make the song tell. the story of like, you bought me a clock. And then I put it in the bathroom. <laughs> I can still hear it. It reminds me of you. Like <laughs> Exactly. Like, yeah, it's it's a, it's a neat way of, of approaching lyrics. Yeah, and it's a line that works on a surface level with no context. I hear the clock tick and think of you. It's just like, yeah. I feel time yeah, and it makes sense. Yeah. It's it's very smart. Caught up in circles, confusion is nothing new. Again, this talks to the rocky relationship, right? Yeah. And then flashbacks. So she's thinking back on the relationship. Warm nights almost left behind. Suitcase of memories, time after. Yeah, I'm mean, suitcase of memories. I mean, emotional baggage is a pretty uh, common theme, I think. And yeah, know, this kind of song. Absolutely. Uh, or generally. Yeah. It's... it's it's a cliche. The idea of. Emotional baggage. I mean, yeah, this song is, was nominated for 1984's Best Song of the Year at the Grammys. And, like, it's obviously struck a chord with people. And with songs like this, part of it is that, like, generic value, but with a, a personal meaning behind it, I guess. Yeah, a little little personal twist. It's remi- <laughs> We're talking about cliches. It's reminding me. Uh, you read it. Yeah, yeah. You lent me a Nazi voice. I'm reading it now. Yeah. Uh, and there's the one character who's, like, so excited whenever he gets to use a cliche. And he's like. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Like things will happen. He's like a whole new, like whole new type of cliche. Now that I get to like abduct a person and I can say like stick him up. And, like, <laughs> he's just <laughs> so excited, right. <laughs> dude. I remember that. Fuck, that is yeah. a phenomenal book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm almost done. Um, yeah. So then we come into the like second half of this verse, which I think needs to be broken down a little more. Sometimes you picture me. I'm walking too far ahead. You're calling to me. I can't hear what you've said. And you say, "Go slow." I fall behind. Second hand unwinds. I like that. Sorry, you probably were no. Say I can jump in. That. I just wanted to okay. set up the lines. Right. I like the uh, walking far ahead and then fall. So like they're they're walking together, but like they just can't keep the same pace. So mm-hmm. like they say, hey, you know, slow down. Like I need to catch up. But then she falls behind, and like that idea of like they're trying to stay together, but like they're just not not yeah, in the they're, same. They're actually pace. out of sync. And yeah. this, there's another line. I think it's the drum beats out of time in the second verse, which brings yeah, up that idea absolutely. again. There's a lot of people in the genius talk about how it's this idea that the relationship like could have worked if the timing was right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of like a rocky relationship, it's almost like that two people who met and like should have connected, but things just yep. like, you know, didn't two ships work in out the night. for things whatever didn't work out. In the night in foggy weather. Exactly. If you will. <laughs> and so we come to the chorus after this. If you're lost, you can look and you will find me time after time. If I will catch you, I'll be waiting time after time. And that comes to what you said. It's that yeah. devotion concept. Yeah, it's like I'll be here. Like mm-hmm. 
now maybe now is not the right time, but yeah, but I will be here. They're willing to wait. So if you get out there, go out into the world on your own, and things get weird, you can come back. Like I'm here. I'll catch you. If you need help, I'll be here. Yeah, and that's a very interesting take in a in a song that does have the concept of a rocky relationship. It's like even though we're not perfect, it's almost it almost relates to. Riders on the storm, girl, you gotta love your man. Interesting. It's like we girl, you gotta love your you gotta man. love your man. Yeah. It's like I gotta love you. And even if you're gone, like I'll be here for you. I'll be a rock. I'll be an island. No. Hey, hey. No man is an island. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, woman, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Say anything. Um the other thing, I don't know. This isn't like really a huge connection, but the idea of talking about the picture fading reminds me of the uh song by the zombies. Uh, imagine the swan where it's mostly he's singing about like he has a picture of someone who assume presumably he was in a relationship with in the past yeah he's like sees her but like doesn't recognize her and like the talking he's talking about how the picture's fading but like it's kind of a metaphor for like changing and he just doesn't recognize the person right that also that imagery i also thought of it now last podcast mm-hmm. on uh in the airplane over the sea right talk about he doesn't recognize himself himself it's similar okay because you're holding on to this old concept yeah. that really doesn't exist and like as the picture fades so does your memory yeah it gets warped and distorted and then you see this person and don't recognize them anymore whether yeah. that means physically or 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 know, yeah like psychologically on like some emotional level yeah on the same page anymore yeah fucking a uh yeah this line's interesting sorry i'm interrupting you. it refers to um her again her own personal experience where she would stay up Sorry, which line is this? This is after my picture fades and darkness has turned to gray. Okay. So it refers to her like actually staying up late at night and obviously into the early hours where the darkness would turn to like a sort of gray because you start to get oh, light in there. Oh, because the, the, yeah, there's less light. So but with the no idea color. of the picture in there, after my picture fades and darkness has turned to gray, I wonder if the darkness is supposed to also be her hair. So after so much time has passed and dark hair turns oh, to gray, the picture fades over time. The idea of it's like the like Dorian Gray picture of like yeah. the picture uh, reflects the the person changing. Yeah, exactly. So you get not only a thing she did again, but on this other surface level, just the idea of a large period of time passing. Watching through windows, you're wondering if I'm okay. Even after all this time, whether we're apart or together, we're still going to be thinking about each other and hoping the other person's okay. Um, I don't know about the line secret stolen from deep inside. I think maybe like this is stolen, but I think it's more just like the idea of they're sharing secrets with each other. Right. Not necessarily stolen, but like you learn a lot about another person. Um, and then the idea that those, you know, you, those secrets are hidden deep right. inside and you're sharing that with someone. So they say stolen. This sounds good. Right. But I don't know that that's my interpretation. Um, uh, yeah, because if you just give out secrets, they're not secrets, right? Yeah. It's just information. Yeah. So you, ha- you have to steal it, whether it's through charming each other that's or in some a way, other means. Yeah. In a way, you have stolen it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, good interpretation. I like that's that. an interesting addition to my interpretation. <laughs> wow, we're really good at this. Look at that. <laughs> pat, uh, pat myself on the back here. You, get, you take one, too. All right. Oh, yeah. Nice. I feel good. We already talked about the drum beats out of time. I think we nailed that one. Uh, Again, we did. We're great. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and we go to the chorus again. The bridge is just a repeat of the first verse. He said, "Go slow, I fall behind." Yeah, they do a little half verse. Yeah, and then I guess the big part in this one, from the musical standpoint, is how it ends, where she kind of whispers, 
Time after time. Fades out. Time after time. So that apparently was just like like impromptu, like that didn't happen plan. She says, my repeating time after time as a fading whisper at the end just happened. I had fallen into a trance and came out of it like that, singing softly. I wanted it to sound hushed, like my voice was trailing off into the distance. I guess it's an inter- like kind of a pensive way of approaching it. Obviously, yeah. she said she was almost in a trance-like state, so she was kind of away from her conscious self in that place, mm-hmm. which is a way of thinking about, you know, thinking, uh, thinking about thinking about <laughs> <laughs> things here, yeah. you know, the past and, and what could have been maybe or whatever. Like you're saying, you're thinking about this heavy commitment. So if you get kind of far off and think about that into the future and you're like, that's going to be time after time. Like it's a long time that this is going to happen. Got a little spacey. Yeah. And it's interesting because some little other space artists. space Sorry. Yeah. We, we can't say a little spacey. <laughs> we not? oh yeah <laughs> um let's see what other fun things do we have to say about this instrumentally it's a very uh simple yeah uh, or sparse well, the... i don't know I-, I thought it was interesting the way they did the instrumentation mm-hmm. this is a little bit different uh we see a lot of and they do do this you know uh ha- difference between the verse chorus verse chorus verse chorus mm-hmm. uh this one has kind of two verses to start off the bat, yeah. if you're going by the structure, it's like more like they sing them back to back, but it's kind of split into two pieces. That's right. But they really flow into one another. But, excuse me, um, the way they, the instrumentation works, they've kind of split each verse then into halves. So mm. like the first half is usually more sparse and then it'll pick up for the second half. Then it comes down again for the first half of the second. And I'm just looking at my notes here, trying to remember like what they do. Um, yeah, there's like this extra synthesizer that comes in halfway through, right. and then it cuts out again when they go into the second verse, mm-hmm. and then it comes back in for the second half of the second verse. Right. So it's kind of like the up-down within the verse, and then up again for the, for the uh, chorus, of which, uh, do they just sing? Yeah, they sing two chorus twice. Yeah. Um, and then back into a verse, which also has kind of, then the second verse, or the third verse, rather, the second like verse section, right, um, kind of is more split into thirds almost. Okay, uh, yeah, that definitely gets more noticeable in some of the covers. But a lot of the covers follow that same structure of like changing the instrumentation midway through each verse. Right, and there is faithful following of the instrumentation for a lot of these. Absolutely. What's interesting on this is I think primarily the instruments are just synth and guitar, right? Because there is uh, yeah, a bass line in the chorus, but I think it's done on synth. It definitely could be. Yeah. And uh, the backup vocals, the other guy who... Yeah, it's Rob wrote, Hyman. ...wrote the song? Yeah. Yeah. Because he sings in the chorus. I guess that's the other way they come up on the chorus, is there are backup mm-hmm. vocals. Yeah, and that was another thing that wasn't intentional. I got a quote for that. Oh. Uh, Hyman says, I overdubbed, I overdubbed a harmony as Cindy sang the melody line in the chorus. I added my voice just as a reference for another singer. A male-female dialogue thing as if they're singing to each other. When Cindy listened back, she liked it and said, we're keeping it. We'll take it. We'll take it. So yeah, like a lot of the songs just kind of came together. Yeah, that's always fun. Those are the best songs where they're like, hey, we did that randomly, but it sounds cool. Let's keep it. Why yeah. not? I was just like, thinking of uh, this charming man where the guitarist right. threw knives. Yeah, at well, let's guitar. see what happens. <laughs> I'm going to throw knives in my guitar. <laughs> okay. Sure. And I was like, oh, it's perfect. I think it works. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, 
bizarre sometimes how things come together. Yeah. Um. What else do I have to say? When you got like a, there's like a shaker, I think, for the rhythm on this. That's like mostly. Is that? Let me see. Yeah. The percussion, I think, is mostly that. But no, there's a snare. Yeah, when that synth come in, comes in, there's yeah. also like a snare sound. Yeah, it's very like very simple drums very, that come yeah. in on this one. Yeah. Yeah. And um, no, yeah, it's definitely fairly simple. Uh, and of course, has that kind of delineation, delineation, separation between the beginning, right. the first and second parts. Of the uh, of each verse, right? So, yeah, yeah, without kind of neat, doing a chorus separation, it's a different kind. It's kind of neat that they do that. Yeah, change midway through. Now the tone on this guitar reminds me of something, I'm some sure sort what? of '80s band. I mm. I want to say it's the Police, but when I picked out the song, I thought it was. It didn't I thought it was every little thing she does is magic. It wasn't. Well, we're gonna have to talk about that at some yeah. point because I didn't really notice anything like that. Okay. On the guitar tone, but and it is a specifically like '80s tone. It I sounds think. very '80s. Yeah, I think it is definitely of. Do that we know era. who played the guitar? No, in this I song? don't. Do we know what the credits are? No. That's fine. Oh, okay. we'll listen to it later. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, um, do you want to talk about the music video now? Hang on, I wanted to mention something that sure. I never noticed. Cindy Lauper switched the I and the Y in her name. Oh, Which I can't believe I didn't notice that before this. Oh my god, how did I not notice that? <laughs> um, she did that in high school, supposedly after one of her friends was like, it'd be cooler. Her friend was right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that friend deserves a cut. I'm not yeah. saying for life, but one but good like, payoff. Like, yeah, like a, a nice check. <laughs> yeah. Just be like for the I and the Y. She could buy a boat or something. Yeah, I don't know. exactly. Anyway, good move, Cindy. Good move. Pronounce the same. Just looks a little different. Just looks a little, yeah, it stands out. She's, just, she's so unusual. She is so unusual. Oh, man. We're going to uh, talk about that in the music video, Yeah, let's too. talk about the music video. <laughs> so it's, it's, about, uh, it's about love. Really? Yeah. It starts, they're in like a camper. And uh, she's watching an old movie. She's watching an old movie, and they've got the like, what's the accent in the old movies called? I don't remember. You know, it sounds like an old movie. It yeah. sounds like people talking in old movies. That's a like, darling. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey there, dame. Like, <laughs> exactly. Whatever that, I don't, there's a name for that accent. I forget what it is. That no one ever had the accent. It right. Just, they like, just put it on. Used for... in movies, supposedly. Yeah. Anyway, um, and yeah. And when I was starting it, I was like, what? Is this just going to be an old movie? But no, she's, she's just like, she's mouthing along with the yeah, movie. Yeah. Because that relates to actually the course she takes in the music video. Oh. Because the lady's like, I, 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 she's talking about a journey to the desert and then. She's That's like, not the what? movie Time After Time, is it? No. No, that was a science fiction so. movie. Yeah, that was science fiction. That didn't seem like a science fiction movie. In 79, movie. so probably not using right, that Right, not that old. Anymore. Yeah, okay. True, true. Yeah. But so the, the lady talks about going on a journey on her own. Okay. Which is what eventually happens to Cindy Lauper's character in the music video. Right. So she's also holding a porcelain dog. Instead, I'm pretty sure it's porcelain. It looks shiny. She's in bed. And there's a dude there. Yeah. And he's sleeping in the background. He's sleeping. She she makes the dog kiss him. And then She makes the dog kiss him. <laughs> and then she like she flashbacks on the line flashback to Memories. To memories. And the first memory is her working at like the general store and he gives her a lunchbox. And then she is so excited by this. Also, her hair is blonde and clearly a wig in this one. <laughs> and she like jumps over the counter and like hugs him and then her old lady worker is like, You can't do that. Oh, the old these damn teens in love. And where does it go after that? Right. She then it goes to the diner where she is wearing a hat and she does this big reveal to him at the diner that she's got her Cindy Lauper haircut, which 
Very fashion forward. So unusual. She's got the she's got the undershave thing. Going oh really? On. Yeah. I wonder if that is that now a callback to eighties style. That's probably. Because I feel like her, she would have like more or less been part of helping establish that. Yeah. Um, not necessarily. Like it was probably like counterculture or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like and then she became pop. She had the but, very like, least popularized. I think that, that would I would imagine. I don't yeah. know, but I, I imagine it was pretty early eighties. Yeah. So. I erroneously attributed the the old undercut long hair on the one side to Skrillex in a I believe our Forever Young episode. Yes, we we did mention that. Um maybe bringing it back. Yeah, maybe. But uh it seems like yeah, it, it was a, a thing yeah, it was a lopper move. Before. And then the so good she, move. she shows off her cool hair. And her boyfriend's like, oh, what the fuck? And That's she's so like, unusual. <laughs> she's so unusual. And she gets upset, runs. And then he's like, ah, geez, I got to go get her because we're in love. And he runs after her. She hides in like this little storefront. He runs by. She hallucinates her mother like sweeping. sweeping. And then she yeah. disappears. Yeah, yeah. She like reaches out to touch her. She disappears. Then she flashes back to like being with her mom. When she was younger. And she's wearing the, like, overalls? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, now I'm young. I'm wearing overalls and, like, a hat. <laughs> and then and then she's singing to her mom that she'll be there for her time after time. Ah, so it's not just about, like, romantic relationships. Yeah, it's just about love, you know? Mm. Like, good old-fashioned love. Good old-fashioned love. And she wakes up then after, like, comes out of her dream. I think she must wake up because it's morning. Yeah, okay. And she just, like, packs her shit and leaves. She's got like an old school, like round, one of those round suitcase things, like, yeah, like bag things that are kind of weird and they're supposed, I don't know, maybe yeah, they're fashionable. Is I it guess. a hat box? Yeah. Anyway, that is a hat they're box. They're weird. I don't, I don't have one. I, I don't see, you don't see them around very much, but they exist. They exist. I've seen yeah. them in things where, like, where they need to show someone is like rich, you know? Yeah, yeah, they have that. I was gonna like, say, they got like their touch, furs and that. like their fucking hat box, and maybe they don't have the hat box, but someone Someone's like maybe their servant has a hat yeah. box. I don't know. It's it's a it's a visual indication of wealth. Yeah. So the, is that is that the idea that she was from? She, did her family look wealthy in the flashback? Not, Not really, really, and because then she goes back to see her, right? And she's got her like little babushka like scarf on. They don't look well. They don't look well. But she's she looks always like she's, sweeping. She looks like she's trying to look kind of affluent, but I don't know if that means anything. Yeah, I can. I'm trying to get a class any, read off any, of this. But, there. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, she lives in this camper with this dude. Yeah, so maybe the idea is she kind of you know went away from the world to mm-hmm. be with this guy. Yeah, left her life behind or whatever. Yeah, so she's going out. To like leave on a journey of her own to parts unknown, but she closes the door too hard, and the guy wakes up at the camper, and he's like, "Hey, we'll go together." And he Classic packs mistake. his suitcase. Case they fucking drive, say bye to her mom. They go see her mom, and then they leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they and do. She goes into the train, so, and then they go to the train station, and then as she's like very going like the like suspiciously unpopulated train station. I know there's like a janitor and one person on. It's a very bench. like. <laughs> 80s maybe 70s like urban decay of like one person uses the train and the train is falling apart like yeah kind of <laughs> visual even though it's very like colorful because cindy Lauper's there yeah and she is just an explosion of colors yeah she's like the visual representation of manic pixie dream girls that's probably where, it's probably a huge influence probably huge influence. for where that came from or yeah that's how it goes she is so unusual so unusual oh, so un- but yeah he chickens out at the last minute and is like nah, i can't just, do it he just can't do I it i can't i can't leave my camper behind yeah i mean probably he owns land like <laughs> yeah i guess he does 
So I don't know. It's bizarre. And she gets on the train and like does these weird hand symbols. Yes. Is that, is that like I was going to check if that was thing? like a, actual sign, like American Sign Language. American Sign Language. But I, yeah. I don't know anyone. She forms sign language. like a hand thing that looks almost like a lowercase h. Yeah, it looks like a couple times. H. And then she does another thing with her hands too. Yeah. I asked my roommate if he recognized it and he did not. So. Wait, does Will know sign language? No. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> But he also didn't recognize it as sign language. Okay, fair enough. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. You gotta adapt. Instead of instead of roommate, you gotta say friend of the podcast. Oh, friend of the podcast, Will. See, doesn't that sound good? It does sound good. <laughs> Everyone's a friend of the podcast. Hit us up. You can be our friend too. Yeah, if you want to be a friend of the podcast, hashtag friend of the podcast at Jake the Cressy or some Alex Wise guy. Yeah, I might even see it. I don't even know what it looks like when someone tweets at me well, it'll just be like a little notification huh. it's like you know when i tag you in like a promo thing it'll be like you were mentioned in a post oh yeah i think that might happen some i might have notifications turned off i'll have to double check uh, it could be we'll see anyway anyway yeah so she gets on train makes weird hand symbols and then sings and like puts her hand against the glass as the train takes off and it's tragic and time after time and then it fades out i think yeah there's nothing else i don't think so I guess in the in the context of the music video, it's about kind of like a breakup of sorts. Yeah, like like we were saying, now is not the right time mm-hmm. for the relationship. It may continue in the future, depending. You know, there's still there's still love there. Yeah, they're still willing to try if circumstances uh, work out. Work at some out, point. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, this song is. Uh, like we were saying, can be applied to different kinds of relationships. Exactly. It's kind of interesting in that way. And it's maybe universal enough that it, it has that kind of appeal. Yeah. I think that's a... Thematically. Thematically correct. You yeah. know what? Not a bad music video. No. It's still it's, a little goofy. Like a It little is strange, a little like 80s goofy. But it, it has a clear-cut story, and it plays it out pretty well. Could have been. And like it knows its own themes and it addresses the theme from different angles, like mm-hmm. kind of. And like that's pretty good. Yeah. So not bad. Not a bad job. Not a bad job. Cindy Lauper and Ed Giles, I Ed think, guy. was the director. Ed Guy. Ed Guy. Ed Griles. <laughs> or Grills, maybe. Grills. Grills. All right. Let's talk about our first cover. Should no, I also wanted to bring up because last week, mm-hmm. sorry, last episode, mm-hmm. um, I mentioned. Parks and Recreation, and how they mentioned Neutral Milk Hotel at one point. Uh, There's also an episode of Parks and Recreation where they sing Time After Time, and it is again April singing it. So I wanted to... There, two in a row. Two April Ludgate reference episodes in a row. That's right. They sing this song because it's awesome. This is a good fucking song. Yeah. I guess we should have covered that. I really like this song. Yeah, it's pretty dope. It's you you brought it up, you like you suggested the playlist, and I was like, oh yeah, time after time. I listened to it. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. I the reason I suggested it, I, I went to the blues can in right. Calgary um a couple weeks ago and saw local artist Amy Heff, who I uh, yeah, she's not really my cup of tea, but she did cover this song, which uh, I thought, hey, I bet there's a lot of covers of this song. And I was right. Damn right. There was like at least a hundred on secondhand There's songs. So many. We're talking about a Yeah, we picked not that many because last time we did a lot. We did so a lot. we did a, a little bit of an easier week. <laughs> yeah, and I think a higher quality overall, if I'm being honest. Probably. All right. So into our first cover then. Miles Davis.
Miles Davis. I was shocked to hear that Miles Davis yeah. covered this song. Miles Davis, of course, jazz band leader, trumpet player guy. Pretty yeah. influential in jazz circles uh, for several decades. That's basically all. I know that That's, like surface yeah. level information about it's him. An, it's a name where even if you, you hear don't his name, know the music. Like, I'm not a jazz guy, but Miles Davis all, certainly is. You've probably heard the name Miles Davis. Yeah, so this is a jazz version with a lot of trumpet. Yeah, and that's uh, the trumpet takes over the vocals on this. Yes, one. and also does it's jazz, so there's a little more like noodling around. Yeah, and there's also the chord. Like there's obviously other instruments as well. This one I felt was a little more even all around. It's instrumental. Did we yep. mention that? Um, yes, you said it took over the vocals. Um, but like, and then there's stuff playing in the background, and 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 each part definitely you can like hear and has its own like place without changing the mix around. Yeah. During the song too much. So there's like an electric piano playing the chord progression and there's like a guitar going on, I think. Probably. Yeah, there's definitely a guitar in there. There's definitely a guitar in there. And uh they they actually have a, like a full drum kit playing. Yeah, there's a, a one part. weird percussion bit that comes in just twice. Yeah, maybe Is it like a Glock in I think there's or... something it's like a marimba or a xylophone. Yeah. It sounded wooden to me. Okay, yeah. Um and it sounded deep, so I would lean towards marimba because i think they're a little okay. bigger and they can play the lower notes sure but that's yeah. what i think it was i don't know the sound of a marimba that well but it definitely sounded wooden to me okay yeah I d- my thing is now is i always used to say xylophone and and like, say those are glockenspiels i'm like well that's <laughs> probably always a glock then yeah uh, what else do i have to say about this because then we can make <sighs> jokes about pulling a glock sorry that's right he looks hard as fuck on the album cover he do- he yeah like even he like fuck you up holding a trumpet and yeah. like wearing a big fedora, big yeah. fedora, but he's got it pulled down so low on his head. Yeah, he looks scary. He's he's a cool guy. He's a cool dude. That's his. That's one of his things. Is how cool he is. Mm-hmm. He also died. Well, it was a couple years later. I think he died in '91. Oh yeah. So this was like nearing the end of his career. So he was already kind right, of established. Right, So he had six years left. And he had a little. He had a cool. I think he's cool. Yeah, he could cool. dress however the fuck you want. Yeah. Then. And it was the '80s, so. 80s fashion looks a little weird. Yeah, it was like a big suit. Yeah. Like, like big shoulder pads, but like yeah. somehow pulling it off. Yeah, somehow. I was like, yeah, damn, Miles Davis. Way to go, Miles. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm always like surprised at how expressive the trumpet can be. Like he does a lot with it to make it interesting and almost like a vocal piece. There's definitely a lot of like dynamics. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a big thing of jazz, a part of jazz. And right. Like, at this point, he'd been playing for long enough that like. He had it down, but uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good, it's a good job. Yeah, and an interesting choice. Uh, we should also mention we were originally going to do a live version of this song, which was like ten minutes long, yep. but then we said no, thank you, because <laughs> it was <laughs> it was most it was like mostly just trumpet solos and like or yeah. I I think I listened through the whole thing once and I was like ah this is a bit much. I don't really have the uh, time or expertise to analyze this. Yeah, talk about it in depth. And I, like most of it wasn't recognizable as time after time, just because it was mostly trumpet solos. Yeah, it's just it's like when we get other live ones that just have a bunch of solos. Yeah, in them. Like, so I'm right. sure like cool. Like if you're into long form live jazz pieces that are like vaguely based on pop songs, check it out. Mm-hmm. But not really my thing. No. Like, even this one, like, I don't know, like you said, it's pretty even. There wasn't a lot of huge movement to, like, yeah, hook me back the in. The dynamics were kind of, like, 
with like contained within like the trumpet part. Yeah. But it what didn't have the same uh up and down dynamic exactly the rest of the instruments really just served as a backing band yeah more than getting anything interesting going on Mm -hmm. but like i like good sax i feel like it was limited almost by being in the vocal role perhaps Perhaps. but i mean you pick to do the song you gotta do that part yeah and yeah i don't know what else it would have necessarily what role it would have taken on i guess you could do some other stuff but there was some like little things. yeah there are like little differences and like again it's a jazz thing so maybe i'm just not refined enough to pick up on all that or or i mean i don't know if refined's the best word but like (laughs) i know that's how we think of it maybe in terms of like jazz is for refined people and like upper scale but like Definitely not familiar enough with the genre. With the genre, and yeah. Whatever that means about the people we are. <laughs> Fair enough. But th- that said, like, it was pretty cool. And it's not too long. It's three and a half minutes, I think. Yes, it's not ten minutes long. Exactly. Which I appreciated. It's not a bad cover. Uh, it's, a, it's a smooth one to Yeah, to as far as, like, to. jazz instrumental covers go. Yeah. Not bad. We're going to move into jazz non-instrumental covers. Yes. In 1988 Tuck and Patty. Tuck and Patty. The second hand unwinds. If you're lost, you can look and you will find me. Time after time. If you fall, I will catch you. I'll be waiting. I went, uh, they're still around. Yeah, they're still around and still working. Yeah. They're, uh, they're a duo. Yeah. They, uh, he plays guitar yeah that's seems. charles tuck andress tuck. and uh that's patricia patty uh cathcart andress so they're she's, married she's a jazz singer yeah, yeah. they're together they married in 83 um, she i didn't like when i think of jazz i think of like the miles davis version of this that yeah. style of jazz mm-hmm. this i guess is still jazz but to me didn't feel super jazzy yeah maybe just because it was mostly guitar but definitely she has a jazz singer sound that's yeah absolutely uh, i don't know what that means or, uh, it's she sings low, and that's true. Like she does sing in a lower register, which I think is more often seen in jazz, at least for female vocalists. Definitely, for some reason, I feel like that is true. And I couldn't, I couldn't exactly tell you what else makes it jazz singing, but that's the point I lean to. Yeah, she's got a really strong voice. Yeah, it was good vocal performance. Yeah, I think phenomenal. This is one of the more stripped down versions because it really is just the two of them. Yeah. Um. He starts with like picking mm-hmm. his guitar i don't know if it's finger picking or what yeah and then his like um his second half is they start to like strum as well but there's yeah but it's like fairly layered i i'm i think there was just one guitar part yeah i think so um but like he definitely does a good job of like playing like different parts on that guitar like you'll get some stuff in the background and then right. he'll play he'll like pick out a little melody with chords and stuff yeah it didn't feel empty even just having the one instrument it does in there, a, it know? does a good job of filling out the space yeah he's sure. obviously got some skill there and i think like this one really picks up for me in like the later half when she starts like cutting loose on vocals She's like, and you really, really, really Oh, yeah, there's some, there's some like improvised like ad lib that's the word like what's that word um Sorry, I think I was a little bit off on this one because I said he started strumming more. Mm-hmm. But um, I think he strums more or harder. Yeah, but that, that's later on yeah. actually. Because what what he does for the second half of the verse mm-hmm. is he starts playing like very staccato, so kind of the oh, opposite okay. of that, not yep. letting it ring. So yeah, so it's very like single notes for yeah. the second part, and that kind of puts more focus on the vocals almost, which mm-hmm. is kind of lets the vocals carry that 
up upness. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of interesting. And but yes, later on, they really they really strum hard, and there's a really like bright ringing sound when he's strumming, and mm-hmm. that's like closer to the end. Though. Yeah. So whereas with uh, the original, as you get towards the end, you get this kind of like tender, kind of inward looking like time after time. It's a little more somber. Mm-hmm. This one's kind of positive and like. Like, I'm going to be there for you time after time. Like, because she's like, and you really find me time after time. You could go anywhere and I will be waiting. Like, really, yeah. Very really up. Kind of speaks to that universal nature of the song's themes. Yeah. Where you can take it to, like, the way they took it in the music video is more like a relationship that's ending, but, mm-hmm. like, there's still feelings there versus, like, you know, I'm just telling you right here now. Yeah. Hey, I'm there for you. Like, exactly. The relationship's not ending. Just wanted you to know that. That's right. Yeah. So it can apply to a wide variety of relationships. And I think I just realized now these two got married in 83, which is the same year the song came out. Ah, it's a wedding so song. It's possible it was <laughs> playing at their wedding, if not their wedding song. I w- went to a show. It was one of the, uh, what do they call it? Those like little website and you apply to, fuck, I always remember, I always forget the name. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? You told me about it a while back. The, the like... S- the like small local shows. Oh, um, so far. So far. I went to your so far show. Oh, yeah. How ago. was that? Um, it was fine. It was good. It was like in a house. Uh, there was okay. a, there's a bunch of people, a lot of like, you know, guitar. A lot of singer songwriters. Singer songwriter yeah. playing guitar thing, which uh, was decent. Um, but one of, one of the guys there, he played this song. I didn't really like it that much. Uh-huh. But it was also, he was like, I wrote this song like for my friend and played it at their wedding, so I didn't have to get them a wedding gift. <laughs> that was the joke part, but he yeah. didn't. It was like his gift to them. Right. I was like, ooh, I didn't like that song. <laughs> How do you think it feels to be his <laughs> oh, friends? Oh, no. They're like, could you just ooh, gotten us like a blender or something? Yeah. There was one good line in it. I forget what it was right now. But there was one line. I was like, hey, that was a clever line. And the rest of it, I don't know. Maybe it was just a bad performance. Mm. But uh, I was just not on board with that. Yeah, so. I wasn't blown away by the musicians when I went to one of those So Far shows. But I liked the concept of it. It is neat. Yeah. Local local shows are always interesting to go to. Maybe I'm just a hard, tough crowd. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely difficult to get me to participate. Like half the time, I'm like, "You want me to clap?" Like, oh my god, you didn't play well enough. Like, <laughs> we had a guy. His uh, maybe um, I just mean. He was a rapper at the show I went to, which was in a boxing studio. Right. Well, actually, at this show, I was talking to someone. They're like, "The best place we go to for this, there's this boxing studio." I was like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know that place." It is great because you have the like upper floor of it, that and you can look, to down, look down, and they're they're it. playing in the like ring, in, right? In the ring, yeah, yeah, very, it's very, very cool. cool. But this guy, he's he comes up and he's like. This song's about problems. Now, hands up if you've ever had a problem. <laughs> Fucking no one raised their hand. And he was like, man, y'all ain't living right if you've never had a problem. I'm like, wait a second. Like, hey, yes, I am. <laughs> if I've never had a problem, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not good for forced crowd participation. You gotta earn it yeah. with me, you know? Yeah, it takes, you can't do it like off the bat. Yeah. Unless you're like established. Uh, yeah, if you, oh, yeah. If you, conversation if you, for another day. If you're the flaming there. lips, then like, okay, sure. Come yeah. out and ask us to cheer for you immediately. But what are you going to do? You got to earn it, though. You know, they got those years of experience. Yeah, they earned it already. Exactly. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard when it's uh, one off. Okay, we are still <sighs> talking about Tuck and Patty. We are still talking about Tuck and Patty a bit. Um, um, they yeah. do a lot of choruses. Yeah, they do. It's because it's a lot of it is just her just giving her on. Yeah, it. and then doing some ad libbing, him doing the. That's a ringing guitar sound. That's a hard <laughs> strum. Yeah, and like honestly, I like this version. I thought they did a good job. I was yeah. surprised by it because I just like kind of found myself grooving to it. I was like, oh, a little more like little more subtle. 
almost mm-hmm. in a way because there's less instrumentation. Yeah. But uh, still has some interesting things going on. Yeah, puts a lot of work on just two instruments, vocals and guitar, ah, and they do a good job with it. The instrument of the voice. Uh, let's talk about Sugar Ray. The second hand Yeah, 2005. I didn't look up too much about this group. Okay, um, so I know I've heard of them before. Sure, their their big hit is the '97 one, "Fly," which is like a pop hit. Right. They're known as a pop band, obviously. Um, they started out doing new metal kind of music. Their first album, "Lemonade and Brownies," is all like very, I would say, like Beastie Boys influenced new oh, metal. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's got like record scratches. The some of the song titles are "Rhyme Stealer" and "Iron Mike." Wow. <laughs> yeah, this just is a quite different from shift this. Um, this song, which is a fairly like poppy version, yeah, two thousand five. A lot of synth on this one. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a the the beginning. There's like three, I think, synth sounds I could hear. Mm-hmm. There's one that sounds a little more strained, and it's playing like descending notes, but like also like it starts with a few notes, and yeah. then it goes. That's that one kind of sounds like a horn almost, right? I think so. It's a little more strained, but there's yeah. another one that's like. Then there's like a thinner one that's playing a pulsing pattern. Yeah, that might be. Is that the one you're might talking be. about? I'm talking about the one that's the most annoying. Okay. <laughs> and then there's another one that's playing like a melody. Yeah. Um. And then that's just the intro, and then they all cut out, and the vocals come in. Yeah. And that's mostly like there's a bass line, there's drums, and then there's like a. It's like this is. This one synth sound with like a very, I, I, I assume the resonance is cranked up. That's what it sounds like to me. Because that sound, that like, yeah. sound is like resonance on maybe like a thinner pulse width modulated wave. Okay. Uh, definitely resonance. Not 100% on that PWM thing, but it sounds more, yeah. The resonance is when you increase the, um, the frequencies at your, at your cutoff. So like your high frequencies get cranked up a bit. Right. And it has that sound to it. It's oh, kind of okay. like, yeah. Kind of like compression almost but not quite it turns up the frequency oh it turns it up off. yeah it increases okay. so like you get you increase some higher frequencies right so you get that kind of sound okay if that makes sense that does make sense I okay think. <laughs> yeah def- listen to this song and that's what that sounds that's what like. that sound is um <clears throat> i don't think he sings very well on this it's not gr- it's not like amazing i mean after last episode it's uh, I have a little more leniency. Yeah, <laughs> but like it's not a phenomenal voice. Um, he, he reminds me of like acapella singers, like bad ones. I don't know how to phrase that otherwise, but just bad singing. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't think it was like the best, but but it didn't like bug me too much. But I think again, um, as I mentioned last episode at one point right um sometimes when the singer's not as good it's easier to sing along so right. it's better for me because <laughs> i'm gonna be singing along so that's what i find sometimes yeah so was that you found that with this one was it easier to sing along? i found to? this one was easier to sing along to fair just enough. because it's not cindy lopper and her four octaves of range <laughs> fair enough uh, although i don't think she goes through the whole thing all that whole range in this song but, yeah you know um, we get more uh, almost dancey kind of drums on this one. It's a little more like kick snare to them. Yeah, a little more poppy. Yeah, definitely like straighter rhythm. Is this the one that's just like a straight rock beat? Yeah, I think a few of them have Closer that, but I'm trying to remember. It, yeah. if this one has that. It probably does. Probably, but I can't think of it exactly. 
It's yeah, just the the choice of like tone on instruments and stuff in this one really threw me off too. Yeah, there was actually there was um that sound I was talking about the resonant yeah the one of the resonance cranked up. I thought it might be a guitar. Where what's the what's the thing uh the setting you turn up that makes it so like that um if if the like vo- like if you don't play hard enough it just cuts out. Oh, like the noise gate. Noise gate. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, it feels like the noise gate's up a bit. Maybe. Okay, because it kind of. I feel just, like, like you could maybe in. do that because it like it cuts out at the end, right? Or like or a, a really fast drop off, right? Um, decay. Okay. Um, release, not decay. Definitely an interesting, interesting sound. Sound, yeah. There's some interesting synth sounds on yeah, this that are like some... basic enough that I can kind of analyze them. Right. So that's good for me. So you get that enrichment from it, whereas yeah. I don't have that background. So I, was I just guess. Like, so. Eh. Like, what are all yeah, these noises? Synthesizers. It's nice because sometimes there's like so many sounds, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" There's like seven different sounds. I don't even know where one ends and the other begins. But this is nicer. This is a nice simple piece. Yeah. So if you if you're looking to like analyze some synthesizer sounds, this is not a bad this one. This is to a good start study with. piece. Right yeah. on. Uh, what else did I say? Oh, they do a thing where the guy does like an echo of one of the lines, and then it kind of sounds like it's coming through a radio. So it gets all like electronic. They do that. They do that. They do. And I was like, "That's that. neat." But, like, in terms of carrying any idea of what this song is about, I didn't feel like there was any love in this one of any kind. It's pretty straightforward and, like, poppy. Yeah, it's yeah. just like a pop. Here it is. Um, let me see. How do they... Sorry, the thing that I was looking for in a lot of these songs is, like, their, their distinction between the first and second half. Oh, okay, Of yeah. those verses, right? Um, this one, they drop that resonance in sound. And they bring in like more of a string string synth type, like pads, mm-hmm. um, which also has some like higher frequencies in it. Okay. Sorry, but you were talking about the actual feeling of the song. Yeah. Um, it is definitely yeah, like I said, it's definitely more poppy feeling, straightforward. Um, it's not really done as a ballad. No. And feels it's more like a casual love guess, which maybe doesn't totally agree with the the theme yeah i guess not that's all i really have to say about this one yeah i didn't have to i mean most of my thing was like oh i kind of know what this synth sound is <laughs> like oh there's an arpeggio so, so it was a good piece to tear apart yeah maybe so if you want to like to listen to if you want to pull apart yeah some not super complex synthesizer sounds it's an interesting one there you go right on for now we're gonna go into quiet drive 2006 the Yeah, here's Quiet Drive again. Hey, Quiet Drive did a cover of Africa, you might recall. Yes, which we talked about a number of weeks ago. I confused them with a band, a different band. One of the bands that did... Uh, was it one of the guys who did Toxic? Yeah. Yeah, I feel Blast like... Blast Sight, that's who I was thinking of. What is it? Of. Blast Sight, or Blow Sight. That was it, Blow Sight. Blow Sight, yeah. <laughs> def- I, think I, I think I have mixed them up yeah. as, as well. So these guys times. are an alt-rock band. Um... They've got that real, I, I was trying to think of who vocally I would compare them to. I said All American Rejects is first, but that's not it. It's somebody more emo. Than- I don't know. The vocals are fairly powerful. Yeah, he's got he's a strong voice. He's a fairly voice. strong vocalist. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is off their first album, which is not on Spotify yeah. for some reason. The very beginning of this song comes in with some like reverse instrument. 
instrumental yeah. sounds that like yeah it's got that like i put it as a time loopy effect but you're right it's yeah the, they're reversing they're like, it reverse it so like the beginning of oh i did this last time too roundabout beginning of roundabout. roundabout comes in with like a big long like piano chord that they've reversed okay um and yeah, this is what they're doing or here. The baseline bit in uh, "You Could Call Me Out." Oh yeah, yeah, that's a weird one. Don't kick ass. Or there, I think there's a guitar solo in like some Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. What is it? But I gotta say, these guys have their, their their sound down. Like from album one, they knew who they were. Yeah, it's it's a fairly confident, I guess I would say. Yeah. Considering that it is a first album mm-hmm. uh, and a cover, at that. And I think they do a lot of like different things with this cover yeah they do a little they play around with the verses a bit they actually the first two verses they kind of push together mm-hmm. like they sing the first half of the first verse and then the second half of the second verse as one verse right that's right because then they focus on a on a sort of different section they kind of change up the instrumentation and is singing with the uh, as my picture fades line which is the front half of the second verse. So that comes in later. Oh. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah, because then later they sing the full second verse. Yeah. Um, after like a chorus. And the chorus has a lot of cymbals, a lot of bang, and this is... Oh, yeah, it's a big come up. This is like, a big... This like, is one of the oh, most instrumentally loud. Yeah. yeah. There are two guitar sounds after the chorus. Yeah. And they play a chorus, so they do their like first homunculus no. Camara verse. There you go. Apparently, yeah. I'm thinking of uh, Full Metal Alchemist, Alchemist today. Yeah. <laughs> um, they do their first Camara verse, and then they do a chorus, and then it's big. And then there's these two guitar sounds. There's one that's like playing really high repeated notes, mm-hmm. and one is just like kind of discordant sounds, like dragging along a keyboard kind of sound okay, or a fretboard yeah. rather kind of sounds. And that's like the s- guitar sounds I could hear in that. Right. And then that's their like kind of bridge into the next part. But yeah. I noticed I think at the beginning of that bridge part of the part of the guitar riff sounds like the opening riff to the Hooters version of this song just a little bit. Oh really? Which then also sounds like the ending credits song for Gintama one time. Right, you sent me that video. Yeah. Like what was the name of the song? It's called Speed of Flow by the Rodeo Carburetor. Yes, I remember that. I I don't remember when that was the end. I, ending yeah, credits because they change the the song so often like so often um i listened to it i didn't totally get the connection but if you play them like right after another i think the hooter sounds like a slower version of that slower version yeah. interesting all right i have to do some uh, audio manipulation because i was sitting on that like all week and i was like eh, no it's not real and then i played them right after another i was like yeah it's kind of similar mm, maybe <laughs> But yeah, that guitar bridge is in here, definitely. and there's I noticed some similarities there, but I could just be crazy. And what do we get? Oh, they do a weird sound effect on the drum beats out of time on the later one when they say that. It was like a pew oh. or something. So there's a lot of like mixing around of the of the different um, um, parts of the sections, verses. Yeah, yeah. Um, in this one. Actually, there's another thing that's interesting because mm-hmm. he does the like I will be waiting. Like he sings yeah. it up, and then he sings the whole third verse in that up. That's like, exactly right. He belt. sings it up there. That's what I was talking about. That's what you said. Yeah. Okay. I didn't say it in those words. What did you I say? Said they sang it differently. Okay. Yes, that's the different way they sang the third yeah. verse. Is when he stays up, and that's kind of the one of the reasons we were talking. It's pretty strong vocal performance. Yeah. Because you know, in terms of like energy and like power. Rock. It's a good, it's a yeah, good show. He really it's holds his own on this it's one. A good job. And like the instruments do a good job of changing yeah. with the different sections I, to match that energy. Like I looked up belting to see if that's what he was doing mm-hmm. or if he was just singing higher or what. 
And I'm not entirely sure, but now, after watching one YouTube video, I'm convinced I need to find my mix voice. Your mix voice? Yeah, which is allegedly a combination of your head voice and your chest voice. Ah. So, I don't know. Speak from the diaphragm. That's all I know. Yeah, but it's different (laughs) resonating cavities, because whether it's your chest resonating, apparently your mix voice is your, like, pharynx. I don't know, man. Now I got to think of these things I while I sing in the so car. Wait, what's belting? Um, belting is supposedly a way of a way to do a similar thing, but it's a way of like pushing up your chest voice oh, into a okay. higher register. But it's yeah. not necessarily a good way to do it because it kind of involves straining. Again, one YouTube video. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas the mixed voice is more of a way of combining the two, mm-hmm. uh, combining reson- resonating cavities to sing higher without putting without. that strain on. Okay. Uh, that's my understanding of it. I could be completely wrong. So that's the step that'll bring you from being able to sing along with Sugar Ray to being able to mm-hmm. sing along with maybe, Sarah, maybe not. Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe not quite the level of uh, Quiet Drive. Yeah. But, uh, yeah definitely. But, you know, like a step between those two. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Speaking of, Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. You say, go slow, and I fall behind. The second hand unwinds. If you're lost, you can look, and you... Featuring Cindy Lauper. Featuring Cindy Lauper. In the year Quite prominently featuring Cindy Lauper. Yeah. Cindy Lauper opens the track. Yeah, she sings the beginning and like quite a bit of the song. Like it's a real, it's a real duet. Yeah. I feel like this is cheating as far as covers go. <laughs> Just getting the original. <laughs> like, hey, it's Cindy Lauper. <laughs> and I'm here. <laughs> it's like, hey, get, get out of here, Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. Shout out to her. She is Canadian, hey? I uh, think I knew that, but I forgot. Yeah. Uh, born in Halifax. It's, uh, City with a lot of history. I've never uh, been never, never been there. I've never been out east. <laughs> I've, so. I've been as, the furthest east I go is Manitoba. <laughs> yeah, I, I was in uh, Winnipeg once, and that was for a changeover in a flight. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, I went to Ontario. I went to Niagara Falls. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, 21 years ago. <laughs> 21 years ago. <laughs> My brother turned one when we were in Ontario. Wow. He's 20 now. <laughs> That's wild. Wait, if he's Sorry, he's now, 21. He's 21. Uh, I was going to say, wait a second. But he's going to be 22. He's going to be 22, so yeah, I, I got you. I follow. Yeah, so Sarah McLaughlin, um, this one has, I think, just two guitars for instruments on the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does sound and like some two drums. guitars. Which is probably just Sarah McLaughlin. Layering? Cindy Lauper playing guitar? <laughs> I think she's more of a keyboardist. Yeah, she's more of a keyboardist. But like, at this point, like, if you are a pop artist... For like one decade, yeah. and you don't play guitar. Like what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, what are the chances, right? Exactly. This is after several decades. If yeah. she didn't like learn some guitar in that time, I'd be shocked. I would be shocked. I'm like, no, I, I don't, I don't know. Like a C chord, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> come on. Jeez. So they're gotta they're both really good singers. Like Sarah yeah. McLaughlin does a good job, but she takes the the less exciting part. She takes the lower. Just holding it down lines on this. Yes, which I guess it's Sarah McLaughlin's song. Yeah. Uh, sorry, did you, is that what, am I agreeing with you? I think so. Cindy Lauper is singing the. No, Cindy Lauper d- no, okay. does a lot of the I've belting got it backwards on this one. I wasn't listening to you. Yeah. Apparently. Sorry. No, you just got it backwards. <laughs> Cindy Lauper also sounds like pretty 80s. She's yeah. got like a bit like an 80s attitude sound in some of what she says. Yeah. Just like the way she pronounces it. Maybe it's more like Valley Girl or something. But I definitely get that feeling, mm-hmm. which is a little weird in this like more 
subdued Sarah McLaughlin version. Yeah. But it's fine. It only happens a couple times. It only, it only happens a couple times. And it's I'm just, like, it's not bad having these two on the same yeah, track. No, it's not bad. It's just I noticed it and I was like, interesting. Yeah. It's I feel like they could have maybe done it better. It's gonna be my note. Fit together a little better. <laughs> yeah, maybe? a little better. Maybe get a little more out of Sarah McLaughlin on this track, and because like Cindy really cuts through when they sing together. Yeah, and I wonder if that's just Sarah McLaughlin trying to be like she's like the legend, right? So yeah, I well, don't yeah, want to like step to... on her toes, and you try to like find that balance, but maybe you end up yeah. giving too much to the other person. That could be it, and this is on like a rarities B sides. You know, like miscellaneous and other stuff, and, which and other could be stuff. literally anything. Yeah, so it's not like this is her like being like, "Look, it's the new Sarah McLaughlin hit, Cindy Lauper singing with Sarah McLaughlin in the background." <laughs> Fair enough. It's just something she did one time. Yeah, I mean, if I got the chance to sing with like a, a musician, I'm a huge fucking fan of. I'd be like, "Yeah, you sing the big parts," and I'd yeah, just be like, "I'm just gonna smiling just and happy." Like, you just be there singing with me. Okay, we're good. No, we don't need to talk. I'm just gonna <laughs> just want to just want to play music. And it's like I think it's slower than the original version. It definitely sounds slower. It definitely sounds slower, and like feels a little sadder. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a little more somber sounding. Yeah, uh, but I think that's just what Sarah McLaughlin sounds like. Yeah, I think that might just be her style. This is kind of what she does, you know. Yeah. Like the, also her version of River, which I tried to reference several episodes ago, but forgot right. the name of. That's right. That was Sarah McLaughlin. Um, I don't remember River. what episode it was. Don't remember what the context was. I want to say it was Little Drummer Boy. Probably, because it's a Christmas song. Yeah. Or it's on her Christmas album. That's right. But this is on this album as well, I think. Okay. Maybe. Anyway, it's a duet. No, it's not. No, it's not a duet. I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of another album you're, later. You're thinking of the album Duets. Duet. Yeah. Um, but it's not a duet, but it is also a cover of uh, another artist. And it also sounds very like somber okay. even though the original is kind of somber it's like right she she ups it, the she, she's like, like the sarah mclaughlin cranks to 11 on version set, somber of that yeah okay sombriety sombriety <laughs> sombrero <laughs> yes yep um do i have any other notes on uh, this let's one see. uh in the third verse when cindy is singing she definitely really like like i was saying it sounds like really like 80s pop singing yeah which is a little a little awe out of place, but not 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 terribly. Not terribly. Um, and the guitar drops out, and there's like kind of a an EP. I think she might be playing it. It's like an electric piano oh, okay. or synthesizer kind yeah. of sound. Um, and then, uh, the and then it kind of comes back. That's the first half, and then the second half is like all comes back up. Right. Um, but also she says gray, and she really like choose that she really like she splits into two syllables and it's really like gray like it's very like it's long she really stretches gray out apparently that's the secret uh to talking like christopher walken is basically any single syllable word is split two syllables. in so two and, and i uh want to uh talk <laughs> that oh was man my christopher walken <laughs> that's like JFK from from uh, Clone High. Yeah, I learned today that voice is Chris Miller, one of the creators. Yeah. Ah, wow. Yeah, I didn't. I just looked. I had to look it up because a uh, friend of the podcast, Will, is uh, was going to see the Lego Movie two today. Mm, right. So we were looking it up, and yeah, and we got you know looking up different things that they had worked on, with, yeah, including right. Clone High, um, for uh, also MTV, a little MTV reference yeah. too. Yeah. And um, yeah, he was the voice of JFK apparently. That's amazing. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, should we jump into Boys to Men? Let's talk about Boys to Men. Boys to Colon Men. The second hand unwinds. If you're lost, you can look and you will find me. Time after time. If you fall, I will get you. I'll be waiting. Yeah. Men. 2009. This is where I was thinking. I was thinking today about enemies of the podcast. Enemies like, of the podcast. <laughs> it's Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Aqualung and Rockabilly. And I was right. like, it's really weird that Acapella's not on that yeah, list. How is Acapella not on that list? Is it because of Boys 2 Men? It might be, actually. I'll give you this. How'd, what'd you think of it? Probably the best Acapella cover we've had on it's this podcast. It's very... I would say the, the guy singing lead on this has a good voice and he doesn't too much do too much of that it's not the, there is some like accentuated runs bullshit. There is, yeah, not, there's a bit of that not as not much, not, too, not much. too much there's a guy on this track just a hi-hat the entire time that's all he does that's which all... like i guess sometimes you need someone to be a hi-hat, hi-hat but yeah. I, I don't know if i'd want to be the hi-hat that's he must have done a good job because i thought it was real drums on yeah this. i'm pretty sure it's a person because like it comes in like first I'm yeah, like, I'm pretty sure that's a voice. Like, that's, I literally wrote a note that is it cheating having percussion on this? So yeah, there that's may a be dude. actual drums as well. Like, good but job. I'm pretty sure the hi hat's just a guy. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, and I noticed they're uh, they're an R and B acapella right. group, right? And, and I can get behind R and B vocals. So yeah. like, that's another reason I think this one kind of worked for me. Maybe that's the th- maybe, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's the secret. These guys hold fourth place for the longest time at number one on the Billboard with 50 consecutive weeks. That's pretty good. That's pretty with good. What with like different songs or with um, one song? I think with just one song. Do you know? Or maybe what just song different. It is? I don't know. I, that was all Wikipedia told oh, me. Okay. <laughs> but like that puts them in the same class as Elvis Presley, The Beatles, and that's pretty good. I can't and I know the other nothing about was. Boys to Men. Yeah, exactly. I thought Boys to Men was a movie. It's a movie, isn't it? Uh, maybe. I could be wrong. What did you think of this one? Basically, I had basically the same reaction. Like, I, I don't have the same visceral hatred towards acapella as you do. Right. Uh, for the most part. But yeah, it was, uh, like, there was a, like, we were talking about with the guitar before, filling out the space, and there's a lot of filling out the space with the, with the, like, harmonies and stuff mm-hmm. um, of the other singers, and then they'll come in and, like, harmonize, like, with actual words on a line, and then they'll kind of go between words. And just like sounds like doos yeah. and ah does and whatever. Yeah, it was an actual like doos does and dooby doo doos. Dooby doo doos. That's yeah, what was I... an example of like everybody doing their job right now. And it's like group. it's very smooth. Yeah, it all like flows together. It's very like harmonized. Hmm. Yeah. No, I just think this one was actually not bad. I mean, it's still not going to win any awards for me, but like it wasn't a bad version. Yeah, and these guys actually do basically the same structure and they do the like vocal the like bridge right the second half of that verse they're one of the few that actually repeats that because a lot of them don't right in fact i'm pretty sure like maybe two of them two of the covers actually do which is not that many no at least from what we're covering and there's so many covers like we said there's so many i think willie nelson does a cover that we're not going to talk about we are not going to talk about that sorry willie nelson fans yeah i don't have a it's it's also like i don't want to tear apart like a a, a complex acapella vocal performance too much yeah i also find that difficult exactly that's um, i'm not quite well equipped to do that yeah they're probably singing well they sound good they, they sound it's good. not like uh, the pentatonics where they really sounded like processed yeah this, this sounds more like it's them singing it sounds it sounds legitimate know? so i can get behind that i too. can get behind that let's talk about the hooters 2010 yeah, let's talk about the hooters the second unwinds if you're lost you can look and you will find me time after 
this is the band started by Rob Hyman. Rob Hyman, co co-writer and writer, backup vocals. Songwriter yeah. of this song. Of the song. And this Hooters version from 2010 was it's fine. It was it like what it really uh, does is it takes the 80s pop song or 80s new wave, I guess it really is. I guess so. And puts it into an 80s rock context. You think it's 80s, more 80s rock? Yeah, well, just the guitar tones to me sound very much like that. Interesting. Makes me think of, like, the outfield. You know the song, I don't want to lose your love tonight. You know that one? No. I only know that because uh, LimeWire told me it was by the police. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Does it sound like Sting? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) Maybe, like, the bass lines? I don't know. Um, it was like, it was, a, it's a lot of like strumming I found. It made me think of, am I thinking of the right one? Yes. Yeah. It made me think of like the really easy to play songs in rock band. Yeah. Where like the guitar part is all just like strumming a few chords and like change. So it was a lot of that. Yeah, definitely. That's what I felt. And that's not like the most interesting thing. Like it was, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. For being uh one of the more, again, like instrumentally busy pieces in mm-hmm. terms of having a lot of instruments. I mean, it's got a cowbell in there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's either percussion. a cowbell or like a woodblock or something. Yeah. It sounded a little deeper to me, but it may have been a cowbell. I just wanted to believe it was a cowbell. Yeah, it I could think. definitely be a cowbell. And um, yeah, you get like the it kind of does what Quiet Drive does with the chorus, like a big, like everything starts getting loud and starts crashing and hi-hatting on the drums, but it doesn't do it as well, I would argue. Yeah, the, the buildup is not huge. No. Um. One thing that's kind of interesting, uh, they do it during the chorus, um, and it's like a pretty straight rock beat for the chorus, um, and the guitar is like doing a riff, and it's kind of following the melody, but like also kind of lagging behind the melody, so it's kind of okay. sluggishly following the melody. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That's definitely one of the more interesting parts of this. Yeah, and sometimes it could be hard in these ones to pick out those little details, because there's so much noise around it. Yeah. Because to me, they sound like a rock and roll song from 2010, which, like, to me, I uh, don't have much of an ear for, mm. really, um, just because I never spent a lot of time listening to it. Yeah, I don't really know what 2010's rock sounds like. Yeah. I don't I, know how to define it. Yeah, I'm struggling to think of other rock songs. It's because, like, rock bands I know from the 2010s are basically The Heavy and The Darkness? No, the dark. Well, I mean, they're still around. Kind of. But they formed. Like, they've released music in the 2010s. They have. They have. And like those are, I don't know. They're both British for one, but for two, I don't know. Are these guys that American. There's enough I think they're around. American. These guys are American. Yeah. Also, I'm surprised there's not another band called the Hooters. I know, right? What a terrible have name. Have they just been around for a long time? Because he obviously been. wrote this 1980. Song in the 80s. They, they formed in 1980. So, yeah. Yeah. And they didn't scare away Hootie and the Blowfish. No. So. And they don't have a marketing deal with Hooters. No. But yeah, this made me think, this made me feel like a song that would be in Rock Band. Right. A lot. Yeah. For some I, reason. I it could made me think of a song and play in Rock Band. Um, it felt like that. Uh, although, it probably wouldn't because it's a cover. <laughs> but, you know. What, yeah. are, what are you going to do? That's what it sounded like to me. Like uh, Learning to Fly or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Foo Fighters. Yeah, for me, like, the best part of when this is honestly... When did Learning to Fly come out? Um, that would be, like, early 2000s. Yeah, probably. It is not really like that, but it made me think of that yeah. with the way the guitar is played. Right. A lot of strumming. 
But yeah, the opening riff is, I think, the strongest part of this one for me. Because that kicks in, and I'm like, oh, yeah! But it also just reminds me of a different song, so... Which is, that's the... That's the Speed of Flow by the... The Kintama song, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, this this one's ultimately, I think, forgettable. There's one little... There's another thing Mm -hmm. that happens at the very, very end. Oh, that weird little organ It's just a little organ. Yeah. It's just like the organ plays for, like, two seconds. Yeah, and then it's it's over. You're like, whoa. Was there even an organ in the rest of the song? I didn't notice. I didn't notice if there was. I didn't think so. Let's talk about DJ Eclipse featuring Kate Ledee. Yeah, let's talk about that one. So, Kate Ledee. Okay, who are they? Who are DJ who Eclipse are, and Kate DJ Ledee? DJ Eclipse is older than I thought he would be. Yeah. I, look, <laughs> put him into got, Google. He's got, he's got some gray. He's a bald dude with a gray beard. Um, he's a pay-to-win, two-ends, management CEO, Rocksteady Crew, and uh, Rap is Out of Control, which I think is a show on Sirius XM Radio. Okay. Um, and she... Allegedly is a legendary singer-songwriter. Legendary. According to, I believe I took that from her Twitter. <laughs> uh, I love so, self-written stuff. It's the best. So I've never heard of Kate Ledeen. <laughs> Nor have I. Uh, but she's legendary. So Legendary. Yeah. Maybe more like an urban myth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't go there, man. Kate Ledeen's there. She'll sing at you. And this is the dance remix. Yes, it is. Sorry, did you know anything about them other than that? No, not a damn okay. thing. So this is the this is like DJ Eclipse's remixes of '80s songs album. Yeah. Uh, very dancey versions of mm-hmm. '80s songs. Um, it comes in with time after time, time after time, repeats. So that's the beginning. Yeah. And there's like some drums going or whatever. Yeah. And the singer Kate Ledee, I believe. Um, she's doing like backup vocals at this point. Yeah. As it's doing the time after time, she's like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. I put down. I put down. She's like a real hype woman on this. Yeah, really. So she just kind of like she's like, ooh, yeah. Like throughout the song, that's all she does. Yeah. And she do, she sings the, the she also sings, she the, sings actual the actual vocals. Yeah. Vocals. But that's not like not that much of the song. Yeah. Um, and it's all like pretty heavily auto-tuned. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty noticeable. So let's see. Oh, and there's this drum roll. That brings us into yeah. the chorus. So we start with a chorus instead. That drum roll comes back a lot, too. And then she sings, and the synth is just playing like a... It's, I don't remember that. It's like... Like that kind of pattern. Yeah. But not that pattern. But it's like a two, three, four, something like that. Yeah, it was very... just seemed like a basic... Like dance. Dance remix Dance me. remix, yeah. And like my brain kind of like shut off for this one. Like it does... Like it did when we were listening to my like little drummer boy covers that were yeah. very like Christmas music. The same way this You're one like, was like Jingle Bells, I'm like, out. Dance music, and dance I was like, music, I'm out. I woke up four minutes later, like, oh, 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 why is this version so long? <laughs> um, let's see, let's see, what else do we got here? Some synth bass. It's all synth. Yeah, it's that kind of song. It's an all synth song. They do when they're doing the verses. They do the like first second half break. Okay. Um, so there's just like a different, like l- kind of like lead synthy sound yeah. that comes in. Uh, it's, it plays the, the bass pattern, I think. Right. It's like the same yeah. pattern, but it's just like a higher synthesizer. Yeah. Um, and then there's another drum roll thing. They do these drum rolls but- constantly. Yeah. yeah. And those are the, like the big moments. The other thing that's a little weird about this one, because they're, they're, they're moving everything around, right? Right. You start with a. Uh, chorus and then they go into the first verse and then 
after the first verse, she says sometimes, which is the first line of the second verse. Right. But then they go into a chorus immediately, which I thought was a little odd. Yeah, that is odd. She's like, sometimes, and then like, boom. Oh, if you're lost, you can look. look. And like. It kind of changes the context of so yeah, the chorus. It's, it's like, sometimes if you're sometimes lost and you look. Lo- yeah. Not always. Not always going to be there. Can't guarantee it, but you know. But like time after time. Time after time, yeah. I'll be you there. can try. Sometimes. I won't like hate you for trying, but like <laughs> I'm not always going to be there. I'm not always going to be there. But I, I might be there. So I, I assume that was a conscious decision. Yeah. Uh, I don't uh, understand it totally. But like, because those verses really flow into one another. Mm-hmm. And they like started doing that and they were like, psych! It's kind of neat. Sometimes yeah. unexpected things is uh, are, are good. Yeah. Unexpected things is good. That's right. They is well. They is well. Yeah. They keep interest. Yeah. That being said, like, like I said, I'm glad you had enough notes on this because my fucking brain shut down. <laughs> I was just like, ah. I know it's another one where I was like, synthesizer sounds. Time to listen to some <laughs> synth sounds and pretend like I know what I'm talking about. I occasionally play synthesizers for anyone who doesn't know. I don't know a lot about them. I recently plugged one of my synthesizers into the other one. Oh, boy. Completely new realm of opportunity. Oh my God. Quite, quite a feat. What else is happening in this song? Uh, they do a little more of the, like... Her singing background vocals yeah. as as the background vocals kind of take the front. Yeah. Even though they're really just repeating time after time. Maybe not. Maybe that doesn't even come in in that part. She's definitely doing background vocals. Yeah. And I think there's even like a little synthesizer solo at one point. Yeah. Maybe it's more like the end. It goes like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, here it is. <laughs> you know. <laughs> synthesizer solo the third verse has this like really heavy kick sound that comes in part way through it's, it's another they do split it up into the thirds of the okay. third one so it's like the first one they get this really heavy kick yeah and then the third part the drums really pick up it's interesting that structurally with the verses it's so faithful to the original yeah a lot of them are really following that and i haven't even mentioned it on all of them right but usually they do follow they stick to that, that yeah. where they're like something will change between the first and second half of the verse, and then the third verse will kind of be split up into three. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, the third verse is also a little bit, I think, shorter than the other ones, right? Yeah, I believe like it's so. not. It doesn't have quite the same structure as the other ones. Yeah, it is. Uh... Or maybe I'm just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The other ones have like seven lines, and it has six. Yeah. So it, it split up. It gets split up into thirds, and then they do three choruses, and the music kind of like cuts down. Yeah. And they go into another chorus, and then another is that, chorus, and they go into that chorus with a drum roll. Probably. Let's see. No, the music cuts down. I didn't notice a drum roll. Then another chorus. And then a drum roll. And then a bunch of dancey synthesizers. Yeah. And then the background vocals and another drum roll. And I think that's when we fade out. Yeah, that sounds about right. So there's a lot of choruses at the end of this one. Yeah, this is 2012. That sounds, yeah, this is about a 2012 dance remix. Yeah. Anything else on that one? Yeah, I always feel weird talking about dance. I'm like, I don't really go to like the club, so I wouldn't like hear this kind of thing. And like, I think they would still play this one. Like, I could imagine hearing this one at a club. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, the song itself is, is timeless enough. Yeah. That, that I think it kind of lends that to it. Although I wouldn't be able to pick it apart and be like, it's kind of, outdated like stylistically mm-hmm. but sometimes definitely like i'll be talking to my sister and she'll say something like this song sounds like it's like from 2010 i'm like oh does it <laughs> cool <laughs> it or, totally... or what did she say the other day she's like i just can't get enough of like 2010 <laughs> like edm like cool like yeah <laughs> like, from nine years ago wow yeah totally totally and like to me i can't appreciate that the the evolution of the genre but yeah it, it, it's there 
Maybe it's there. Have to dive into that more at some point. At some point. It just feels weird. I feel like I'm not the right person for it. You're not the market. I, I hate to um, alienate myself from a genre, but I, I do it. And like, <laughs> yeah, and, and I, yeah, I just don't, sometimes don't know how to get it. And sometimes you got to be in the right, like, place. Like, I'm not really a club person. Yeah. So. So you also need to be in the right mind frame. Yeah. So, like, am I in the right, like, uh, like am I going to listen to this in my car? Maybe. Maybe. But do I need to have that experience of dancing to it behind it to enjoy it more? So I think sometimes with video game music, you get that. Yeah. Like, I played the video game and the music was playing, and now I can listen to the song, but, like, I played for my family, and they're like, what's this? <laughs> Why are you playing as this? I'm like, hey, it's a good song. Yeah, come but on. Like, but, like, they don't have that experience. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll find out one day. Yeah, that's an interesting thought experiment. I wonder what context people come to different genres through. Yeah. And how they kind of expand their listening environments from there. Yeah, and how you're supposed to get into classical music if you need, like, a symphony. Yeah. That would be difficult. I mean, obviously recordings, but... <laughs> I guess. I think. What environment do you listen to recordings of it in? <laughs> I don't know. Classical music, you just need to want to be smart, or at least look smart. Ah. And then the rest follows. Okay. You know, All right. I just need to be a little you... bit more ostentatious. Exactly. Nice. And then one day you'll actually just like classical music, and you'll be like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, shit. When did that happen? <laughs> then when I was just pretending. He was like, Ugh. But now that bassoon is making me come. Can't get enough of this <laughs> bassoon. <laughs> oh. Let's talk about Juice Newton. Let's talk about Juice Newton and, and Eddie, Eddie Money. Money. The second hand on So I thought Juice Newton was like a 90s rap rock outfit. I know, right? <laughs> I saw the name and I was like, who the fuck? You're like, I've heard the name before and I yeah. just, I always like, oh yeah, that's probably what that is. Like, yeah. moved on. But no. 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 Singer, songwriter. Singer, songwriter. Five Grammy nominations for best pop and uh, country vocals. Won once in 1983. Yeah. And she's been around for a while, but this version was from what? 2017. 2017. That's yeah. pretty recent. That was very recent. And Eddie Money, he's also... He does Take of... Me Home Tonight. Take me oh, home yeah. tonight. I don't want to let you yeah, He's got a few songs. There's another, like, he's, he's got there's like a more, song called like Maureen. Take me home tonight. <laughs> Maureen or something like that. I think that's Eddie Money. Yeah, probably. Um, Listen, anyway. honey, just like a round of sang. He's just another... <laughs> pop artists from around the same time yeah, from around I think. that era yeah um and they're just both uh singing a duet i'm pretty sure willie nelson also has a duet on, on this, this album duets album. duets yeah this whole album is just juice newton doing duets <laughs> i can't say juice newton without smiling sure. all right just say juice then <laughs> is that better <laughs> no i think that's worse <laughs> yeah so juice is apparently a nickname kind of like did you ever see the movie blank check um no okay there's a guy named juice in that and he's supposed to like pick up the check, right. but then the kid comes in and he's talking to the bank guy who's supposed to give Juice the check. Okay. And then he's like, I need a loan for a million dollars or something. I don't remember right. exactly. And the kid's, he's like, the bank manager's like, this is crazy, but maybe this is Juice. And he looks at him, he's like, Juice? And the kid's like, no thanks, I'm not thirsty. And he's like, eh. and then he gives him the blank check. And then the kid gets a million dollars. No, he has the blank check. You've told me Sorry, he has the blank before, check already. Yeah. doesn't give him the blank check. He, the kid brings them the check, check for a million dollars. He gives dollars. him the check with money. He gives him, he's like, it. hey, give me this million dollars. And then the like, bank teller's like, kid, we know you don't, not going to get a million dollars. But because the bank manager was going to scam for money, he gives the kid the money. Yeah. Anyway, that's someone named Juice. 
Let's tell right. me about this version, about this Alex. Version. Let's see. What's going on? Um, yeah, 90s rap rock thing. It's a lot of, I think it's just Juice Newton playing guitar yep. and Eddie Money playing electric piano. Yeah. Um, or it's something like and that. And then we got like some drums going on in the back. Yeah, there's like a kind of a synth sound at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, and then like, yeah. gone. At least. Um, and then, but I also like the way they sing really separate the lines. Yeah. So I'm trying, like their rhythm of singing is very like paused, like there's accentuated pauses between every line. Yeah. And um, right at the beginning, you can kind of hear that electric piano is playing chords. The guitar is picking. And then they kind of do like a trade-off. That, like it's going the whole time. And then, and then for the second half of the first verse, which Juice is singing, yep. um, uh, the guitar stops. Right. And, and the drums come in. But like the electric piano is still playing. Right. And then but the guitar stops. Sorry, the guitar stops at the beginning of the which makes sense. And yeah. it comes back in for the second half. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then... The EP is playing. And uh, that's kind of like their their thing. But Eddie sings the second verse. That's right. And the EP cuts out for the first half. Mm. And then comes back in. He can't second. sing and play at the same time. Yeah, because he can't play and sing at the same Except he does. For except the second he does, half. but he needs to warm up. A yeah, little. he needs to warm up. So that's kind of what they do for that yeah. th- those first two verses. Yeah, and then they come in and sing both The chorus, together. they sing together. Yeah. And then... And then the do third they verse, sing they sing the together. Verse? Yeah. Um, duet third verse, no guitar and keys are... No. Keys are playing, I think. Yeah. But the guitar is a little bit different when it comes in. And Eddie sings the second half on his own. So they kind of like... They, they do like a trade-off. Yeah, they do a little bit of trading off. There's a lot of like moving around. And it's, yeah. yeah. It's hard to keep track of sometimes. Yeah. And like the song works as a duet. Obviously, there was like, like some tiny bit of that in the original song with... Rob Hyman singing the backup vocals. Right, but he was very background. Yeah. And they're both pretty good singers. Yeah, I mean, they've both been around for a couple decades. Yeah, like, they know what they're doing. Um, My problem is, it just wasn't very exciting. It was just, like, because it was very instrumentally faithful to the original with just playing similar notes and stuff, but on, you know, an EP and a guitar. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward, because it's basically just them. Yeah. I assume the two of them playing, and then, mm-hmm. like, the drums. Um, although, it was kind of interesting, just because, like, the rhythm of their vocals was very distinct. Right, yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. And uh, the other thing they do is, because their chorus is at the end, Yeah. for the, like, going up part, just yeah, yeah. Juice does that. Yeah, and he Eddie just stays at, stays Eddie stays at the even. level there. And uh, the other thing they do, they do a bridge chorus. Or like a bridge thing. Yeah. Uh, where they take a line from a previous chorus, but it's a different one. Oh, okay. Instead, they say, secret stolen from deep inside, the drum beats out of time. Mm-hmm. That's the part they repeat instead mm. of the, what the original does. Well, which yeah, is which the is... Other, uh, the other verse. The, yeah. um, you say go slow, I fall behind. Yeah, that's right. The second hand, hand unwinds. unwinds. Yeah, that's fine. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got a little carried away. <laughs> no worries. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's fine. It's not, yeah, the most interesting one. I'd compare it to... The uh, what was the first with what was Patty and oh, yeah, Tuck, Tuck, Tuck and Patty, yeah, Patty and Tuck, yeah, Tuck and Patty, um, just because it's like a duo, yeah, with like one guitar. Now they also have the electric piano, right? I don't know that that necessarily added anything because Mm. um, Tuck's guitar performance was very expressive, yeah, and this doesn't really have that same, yeah, I would say Tuck and Patty got more from their cover with less, yeah, in terms of like the like male female. Focus yeah. duet version. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely get a little bit more out of that version. 
Yeah, let's talk about Die Dry Damon. Damon. Yeah, I don't even know how to say that, but they're German. They're German. Second hand on a wine. If you're lost, you can look and you will find me. Time after time. If you fall, I will catch you. I'll be waiting. Time. I think um, these people, I'm going to say this right off the bat, must have heard the Tuck and Patty version. You think so? Yeah, because uh, she does the really, 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 really funny. Oh, she does. She does do that. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very similar ad lib. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, I guess they're German, so they probably speak English reasonably well. Yeah, but they like, may have had like an English reference and been like, "Hey, jazz version." That's right. Uh, so this is a group that is three singers. Yeah, three women. Uh, one of them plays the bass. One of them plays the piano. Okay, and so this is Lisa Wal Walant. Yeah, it's probably like Volant. Yeah, Volant. And uh, Andrea, Andrea Hermanau and Christine O-T-T-L with an umlaut on the yeah, O. Hotel. Hotel? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know how to pronounce German names. Sorry. Uh, but they are German. Yeah. They're from, I think, Munich. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I think it's Lisa who takes the front on yeah. vocals with the yeah, other two coming so. in on harmonies. And this is like, there's like a tinkly piano sound. Yeah. And there's some like, ah, la, la, da. They're doing some backup singing. Yeah. Doing some ah la la. Ah la la. And then, um, then like a board, uh, bass comes in. Yeah. There's also, I couldn't tell, I thought it might be a xylophone, but it almost sounded like it might be some kind of guitar type instrument. Yeah. That, like right off the bat there? Yeah. Yeah, I think that I feel like that's muted bass. Muted bass? Yeah. Okay, I could believe that. Because I was believing guitar until I went to their webpage and it was like, it's these three people, they do piano bass. These are their instruments. These, these are their instruments. I guess I that like, makes okay. sense if that's what they play. Yeah. Um, we get a piano solo on this one that's really good too. We do get a piano Speaking solo. Speaking of the instruments. Uh, so it's mostly, yeah, mostly Lisa. She Her, her vocals comes in. It's kind of like soft, almost a little airy, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, floaty, you might floaty. Yeah, like definitely, it. it's softer um, in a different way from the original. Yeah, uh, this and of course the bass come cuts out. Yep, comes back in for the second half of the verse. That's right, because that's the structure. That's what we do that's in this do song. Here. Um, and the, but the, the piano's playing, and then they do the same thing with the bass for the second chorus. Yep. So like the structure's pretty repetitive here. Uh, there's not like a super ton of stuff to note doesn't really change and then of course they all sing harmonies in the chorus yeah which they're all singers uh that's what i gathered that's, that's i didn't even i didn't even find their their uh, information of instruments they play yeah it was, so, well, i had to translate the page from german obviously yeah i didn't get the pop-up for that okay. so um yeah, i just gave right up like, oh, i don't know can't be done <laughs> google's like this is english yeah yeah <laughs> this one was uh like it's interesting it has some neat little details like the piano solo the uh the way she sings is different i wasn't blown away by it but yeah it's a fine like kind of like light version but yeah. in terms of yeah again tuck and patty exactly yeah when you <laughs> did a pretty it, good version tuck and patty kind of knocked it out yeah so, so so with that let's go into our final review on these yeah. we talk about the worst song the best song and the song most likely to feature in a time travel film Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I really struggle to come up with a third category. All right. Um, Hit me with it. Worst song. Worst song. Um, hang on. Let me look over them again to it's see like which worst one. version. It's worst. technically all the same. It's song. all the same song. Didn't love the Sugar Ray version, but it was okay. Like I said, I could sing along to it. It's the worst version. Jeez. I didn't think any of them were like overtly bad, mm. but I probably wouldn't. 
really go for the Hooters version. Didn't really like the Hooters version. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't really, wasn't really my it thing. Didn't, I don't didn't really stand out. Yeah, anyway. it was it was kind of straightforward to me. Yeah. And uh, not that interesting. Maybe in 2010 it was cutting edge. Maybe it influenced all the rock music after that. That's it. Yeah, it's the Shakespeare yeah. of 2010 yeah, rock Shakespeare music. Yeah, it's the Shakespeare 2010 alt rock. But uh, <laughs> just, uh, just didn't get me. Nah, yeah. For me, yeah. it's got to be Sugar Ray. It was. Yeah. I didn't like the vocals. There was a, that one really annoying synth sound. <laughs> yeah, that was one of them. like did not care for it in any fucking way, shape, or okay. form. Okay, okay. Let's talk about best version, Alex. What's it going to be? Best version? All right. Best cover version. We keep bringing up Tuck and Patty. We really like that one. But I also liked it. I also really like the Quiet Drive one. Yeah. Just because... I, th- I think I might like Quiet Drive. <laughs> I think I, n- I might like Quiet Drive, and I'm almost ashamed to admit it. <laughs> like because, uh, yeah, they do a decent little rock and roll thing. Yeah, I think um, those are really the standouts, or those two. Yeah, those are the two strong ones. Uh, and maybe, for, you know, different Maybe reasons. DJ Eclipse, depending on what you're into. Yeah, maybe. My thing. DJ Eclipse wasn't bad, but again, like, my brain just shut down. I yeah. Like, I didn't have the tools necessary to analyze it in any yeah. way. Yeah, so... Um, Basically, yeah, those are the two I'm thinking of, and uh, I'd probably go with Quiet Drive at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, baby, I'm a rocker. I'm a rocker. You know what? I would be more likely to show Quiet Drive to somebody than I would the like the Tuck and Patty version. Yeah. So, and given that, I guess, yeah, I gotta go with Quiet Drive. All right. Congratulations, Quiet Drive. You you weren't the best Africa cover, but you made it. You made it. The best to go, time guys. After time cover. Congratulations. Now, for our final category, most likely to feature in a time travel most film. Most likely to feature in a time travel film. This one, um, the one that feels the most to me like it would show up in the past mm-hmm. is uh, the Miles Davis version. God damn, I was actually going to pick the Miles Davis one too. Oh no. I thought I was like being clever. <laughs> the one that's just jazz instruments, instruments that we had in the past. Well, cuz I didn't say this, but like the intro notes on it almost gave me this like detective, like old detective vibe. Wait, I mean, he's got that fedora. On. He's got that fedora on. He does this trumpet jazz intro. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, we're solving crimes in the 30s." Like, it's too easy, man. Too easy. Is there another one? Um I don't know. I mean, some of these you could do, uh, like Sugar Ray could be. <laughs> I could see Sugar Ray being, like, a little older than it was. Yeah. Oh, but also, like, Juice Newton and Eddie Money, their version was in 2017, but they've been around for a while. Oh, yeah. So, like, you could throw that in. You could the make past. a Juice Newton and Eddie Money time travel film where they go back in time and sing with their younger selves. Yeah. yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> Call it Juice and Eddie. <laughs> I was going to say Juice and Money. <laughs> I like that better. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's been our review of the song Time After Time by Cindy Lauper. We're going to dive into a quick bonus segment because Alex has got fucking places to be. And we are going a little long. We are going a little long. This is called Billboards. How do they fucking work? How do they work? I've looked at billboards. Oh, right. The the The, charts. The billboard, the charts, the top 100s. What are the factors they consider? There's a few factors they consider, but the top three break, break down to airplay, which is strictly radio and TV station play. Really? Yeah. And they have a whole machine, the broadcast data system, which tracks these and updates it like automatically. So you can actually track, you can actually get that information. Yeah. Hmm. And it's used by radio stations, record company executives, publishing firms, performance rights organizations, music retailers. Film and TV producers. Right. So is sales in there as well somewhere? Sales is, uh, yeah, the number three factor is album sales. Number three? Yeah. But what's number two? Number two is social media and streaming. 
That's got to be new, though. That's a new one, yeah. So they put that above sales. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, just in this article I'm reading. But yeah, okay. so that's your social media. That's Twitter, Facebook, Vivo, YouTube, Spotify. Vivo. The example they bring up is the Harlem Shake, which was released in 2012. And they weren't counting YouTube plays until, I believe, 2013. Right. So when they started doing that, Harlem Shake shot. And that's actually <laughs> when the meme came out. shot to the fucking top of the chart. Interesting. Yeah. So YouTube is a huge part now of your yeah, billboard statistics. I believe it. I believe it. And it's the coming. other one is album sales. And a big factor they talk about is um, pre-orders. Because any pre-order oh. sales you get count as the first week of sales. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it'd be like the first day of sales. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Okay. So those are your big three. There are other factors this article says, but it doesn't really dive does only the those. Sorry, does only the first week of sales count? Um, that's probably the most important one because they do, you know, they chart it week after week. Right. So I guess that's that why you always hear these days. Mm -hmm. They're like, Led Zeppelin 4, back in the charts. And it, people were probably just streaming it. Was, it yeah, like, streaming it or bought some copies of it for yeah. some reason. But like, yeah, because I always see that. I'm like, there's no way they sold that many copies of Led Zeppelin 4, yeah. right? Either that right? or like Maybe. everybody on the radio was just like, yeah, just it's like, Led fuck, Zeppelin Fuck, I need to listen week. to... <laughs> A bunch of Led Zeppelin songs <laughs> from this one album, but I don't want to buy like Mothership. <laughs> exactly. Which has so that's the breakdown. Obviously, we talk about a lot of older songs, so social media won't come in as much to play. We do. We do talk about a lot of older songs. But the two big factors are album sales and uh, airplay, which can actually be quantified by machines, and those statistics are given out and okay. used by a bunch of places. All right. Didn't so, realize they actually had those numbers, but yeah, it's cool. So now in the future, when we talk about Billboard stuff. We'll, we'll actually have some idea of, of what that yeah, means. Yeah, we'll have some context into what it what it means. So that's yeah. good. I mean, I, I always kind of figured that's what it was. Yeah, like the like people listening to. I I didn't realize they would get the numbers for for uh, play to like airtime. Mm -hmm. But I guess if you had a something set up. Yeah. Well, I think definitely. I mean, I knew it was sales. Yeah, like but, the, obviously. But like, how do you? How do you calculate? I mean, with downloads and stuff. Yeah, and, and it's just and the thing with like so many small like sources, like streaming sites, YouTube, radio stations, YouTube. Like that's a lot of information I have to pull from to get an yeah. accurate read. That's probably. I know there's a lot of. Um, they don't like it when you obviously just upload random songs to YouTube and they're like, you know, copyright claim, whatever. Right. Get it taken yeah. down. But like, I wonder if part of that is like they wanted the official version up. So if there's only one official version. Right. Then that counts towards their Billboard numbers. That makes sense. That's yeah. got to be part of it. Obviously, also they want you to pay for it but a lot of times they upload it there's like official videos and yeah stuff. so i don't know yeah it's an interesting interesting thing so that's been our bonus segment billboards one of our little learn a thing bonus yeah, segments learn a thing that's a good name for it <laughs> um so that's been the episode thanks for tuning in as always i've been your host jake cressy you can follow me on twitter at jake the cressy j-a-k-t-h-e-c-r-e-s-s-y mm. hashtag cover me pod um, you can follow Alex, some Alex wise guy. If that's your thing, he's not gonna do anything about Maybe that. One day I will. I like. I feel like if there was a community I was involved in, yeah, then I would participate. I'll but like right it and now, Alex will come. Oh yes, yeah. I will. <laughs> uh, right now, there's just nothing there for me. Yeah, uh, but maybe I just have to. Maybe I have to reach out. So yeah. we'll see what happens. And uh, rate impossible. and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. You know, the works. All the big ones. Leave a review. Tell your friends about us. And as we always say on Cover Me, you can, you can cover me. Time, time after time. It's time to put the covers on because it's cold out there.
brother. It is cold out there. Fucking it's like freezing. minus. Yeah, it was minus thirty when I woke up this morning. It's cold mm. in Calgary, folks. Stay warm. Stay warm. It's the other thing we say on Cover Me. <laughs> yeah, stay warm. Stay warm.